0: congregation, the main verse for this evening hour is from Luke 2, verse 15, the 15th verse of Luke 2. And it came to pass, as the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem. And see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord has made known unto us. So far, Shepherds Visiting the Child Jesus, the theme for this evening hour, Shepherds Visiting the Child Jesus, with the help of the Lord, four points, Shepherds in the field. Secondly shepherds heard the angels. In the third place shepherds found the child, and the fourth place shepherds returned. Shepherds visiting the child Jesus, shepherds in the field, in general about shepherds. Secondly shepherds heard the angels, one angel and more angels. In the third place, shepherds found the child. They went with haste and found and looked, and in the fourth place, shepherds returned. Congregation in the Bethlehem area were many shepherds keeping the sheep. Certainly to harvest wool, maybe a little bit about meat, Although the Israelites hardly ate meat, but mainly because they needed sheep for what, do you think? So close to Jerusalem. They needed the sheep to sacrifice. The breeding sheep were sacrificing thousands and thousands a year were offered, sacrificed unto the Lord. It seemed never enough. So much blood was shed and never sufficient. You know what it means, right? The blood of goats and heifers is not cleansing any sin, but the blood of the Lord Jesus does. That's why they had to keep going. It didn't work. It didn't help. And also in... The next thirty three years after the birth of the Lord Jesus. If we just go on, although the rent although the veil of the temple is rent from the top to the bottom, although the Lord said it's enough, no sheep anymore, they yet continued on until the year seventy, when Titus came and destroyed the city of Jerusalem. So that's why there are shepherds in the area, because of sacrifices. The shepherds kept watch over the flock by night. They protected the flock. They didn't want their sheep to get hurt. They didn't want people to steal them. There were wolves and lions in those days in the area, so they kept those fire going. And they apparently took turns in protecting the flock from the wild animals. Shepherds. What type of job was that? Well, you did not have to go to university for that. You did not need to go to school for it. Anyone could do that. Just staying awake and making some noises and keeping the fire going. Very simple job to stay awake. They were uneducated men and ceremonially unclean because they had to work on the Sabbath as well, right? Those animals also needed to be saved, to be protected as well on the Sabbath day. And that meant that you were ceremonially unclean and could not go to the tabernacle, to the temple. As you know, the Egyptians looked really down on the shepherd. They were an abomination in their eyes. Not so much in Israel. In Israel, it was just a simple job, a blue collar job, something for ordinary people, for simple people, without any status. You did not gain any status by being a shepherd. Just simple people. Compare them... To the fishermen in Galilee. And yet did the Lord have a special attention for simple, average, marginalized people? Are they going to be the first visitors of the Lord Jesus? Really? Yes. And the Lord took pleasure in that such simple people with any pretenses any presumptions would come to the manger and would see the Lord Jesus. You know, you probably know this text, but let me go slow from 1 Corinthians 1. For ye you see your calling, brethren, your calling in daily life, how that not, no, not many wise men, after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. So, on average, the people the Lord converts and draws to him are mainly, are mainly not the wise and the mighty and the noble. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty and base things of the world, and things which are despised, has God chosen, yea, and things which are not. See that? So, not the wise, not the mighty, not the noble, but the foolish and the weak and the base and despised, and once, why not? Have nothing. Why is that? Well, that's, that's what it says. Listen to this. And things which are not, to bring to not things that are. To teach people who think they are someone, that they are nobody, they are nothing in the eyes of God. That it says in verse 29 that no flesh should glory in his presence. In God's presence, we have to be just so humble and realize who we are and, and lose all this self-righteousness. The Lord hates that. The Lord looks upon that people that is meek and lowly and the people that... Is not proud, it is not boasting. Other places in the Bible speak in a similar way. Matthew 11 I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth. Why? Well, because thou hast hid these things from the wise. Hid these things from the wise and the prudent, and has revealed them unto babes. Revealed unto babes. See, it's the the same line, that same pattern, that nobody should glory in the presence of the Lord. It's kind of a pattern in the Bible. And if people are nobility and king and scribes and powerful, the Lord teaches them by his grace, that they are nothing, especially in the eyes of God. Now what do we think of ourselves? Are you strong? Wise mighty capable important? Listen to what the Apostle Paul writes. For who may be to differ from another What hast thou that thou didst not receive? Now if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory as if thou hast not received it? All we have, all we do, all the gifts and responsibilities are given by the Lord in his free and sovereign will. Not only the Lord saves people according to their freedom, also shares callings and responsibilities according to his will. The shepherd may be also be given to stand next to them and not feel more than them, not look down upon them, kind of those simple people that hardly went to school. Let's never do that. The Lord has many people among the simple ones, among the fishermen, among the the shepherds, and still the case. Shepherds in the field. Shepherds heard the angels' second thought. And lo, suddenly, they had not seen it coming. The angels was flooded with light. As if several floodlights had been turned on, if They felt the, the beams, the light in their eyes, so bright. <coughs> and lo, the angel of the Lord came. Did you see that? Something remarkable? And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. Not an angel, but the angel. The angel of the Lord came upon them, and the angel spoke, and the angel gave them the, the, the gospel. The angel, singular, there's one, the angel. That is not the same as the expression, the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, we read several times about the angel of the Lord as a manifestation of the Lord Jesus. In the Old Testament, here there's a special angel, the angel, the angel, the name Gabriel. Know what it means, Gabriel? Last part of his name, El, right, that means God. The first part, Gibber, Gebor, hero, hero of God, strong man, strong man of the Lord, that's his name. Gabriel, and he speaks, he often speaks, he announces to Mary and Joseph and to others, he announces important messages. And that's the one. Also here, he was, this was quite an encounter as the glory of the Lord shone round about them. It was bright. And the shepherds are in shock. What is this? They feel threatened. They are afraid. They feel should, 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 do we have to die, putting the garments over their heads, I suppose, protect them against the strong light. We often see this in the Bible. The Lord frightens people. The Lord shakes people, wakes people up, prepares them for something special. And that's a very special way of preparing people, by, by scaring them. As the Lord scared them and brought them on their feet, but also speaks gently. And the angels speak, speak gently, fear not, fear not. Yet it's good that they are placed on both their feet, and that they are trembling. They are trembling and at the same time encouraged by the Lord. The Lord makes fee- people feel vulnerable, makes people feel small, Mortal, guilty, and the angel brings a mini Christianity, right? The angel said unto them, "Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior." Which is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign unto you. You shall find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. What a message, what a sermon, mini sermon, mini Christology. Fear not. Also, tonight, fear not. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, good tidings of the birth of the Savior. The Messiah, who was promised so many years ago, time and again, but a message of great joy, not great joy for them, because they may have been looking forward, they may have been looking for this, and now they receive the announcement of the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people, the whole world, all people of the whole world receive that message of the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Good tidings. Unto you is born. Unto you, shepherd. Were they all elect? Were they all God's people? Were they all saved? I can hardly believe that. this possible. Maybe they're always saved. I don't know. But this, this message comes to them also in a general way. Unto you is born. I may say it also tonight, unto you is born. He's preached to you. He is also revealing himself unto you in the Bible. The Savior. You may, have, you may remember that. He saves from what, children? The Lord Jesus, Savior. Jesus means He saves His people from their sins. So could you remember that? Did you remember that? What he saves from? You save from his sin. What do you mean? The guilt of sin, okay. And the power of sin, right. And the pollution of sin, to be a sinful person. But also, saving from Satan, and saving from the punishment, and saving from the wrath of God, his Savior. <coughs> In so many different ways. Behold, I bring you good tidings, the gospel of great joy, which shall be to all people, for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ. Christ. Is that his last name or his first name, Jesus Christ? Like you have a first name and a last name. Is Christ a first name or a last name? Neither. Christ is a title. Like you say, pastor, so-and-so is the first name, it's the last name, and he's the pastor. So the Lord Jesus is the, is, 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 is the Christ. He is the anointed one. He has three offices. He is prof- p- prophet, priest, and king. That's his office, his title. So that is also announced by this angel, the Savior, which is Christ, the promised Savior Christ, the Lord, who owns all things, who directs all things, who is the governor of all things, the Lord. What a special message from the angel. What a joy for the angel to convey this gospel. Do angels have feelings? Sure. They can be disappointed and they can warn, they can rejoice. You'll see that also later on. But they don't experience, angels don't experience, cannot experience salvation. Because the foul angels cannot be saved and them that did not fall do not need to be saved. They don't know how it feels to have the joy in the heart without salvation. That hope the Lord gives in the heart, and that testimony of the Spirit in the heart. Yet it was a precious work they did. And it still is. It's still the most beautiful work in the whole world to preach the gospel, the good tidings to a congregation. To sinners, to people that may be saved from the wrath of God. So let's also pray for them. They're not angels, they're people. Let's pray for more of them, also in our denomination. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host. Heavenly host. A multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. They go over that. A multitude of the heavenly host. What is a host? Is a host a group of people? Host is usually meant as an army. The Lord of hosts is the God Almighty of his armies, the armies of heaven, the armies of the angels, the Almighty God, the Lord of hosts. This is similar here. Stratos. Host. Army. And it's a heavenly army. So you have that one angel, Gabriel, announcing the birth of the Lord Jesus, and also with that mini-Christianity summarizing the gospel, and then there are also many of them in the air. A multitude, how many is there? Ten? Fifty? One hundred? Thousand? We don't know. But there are places in the Bible hinting to it. Some place in the Bible reference. I can reference this. For example, in Job thirty-eight. In Job thirty-eight, God is talking to Job to let him feel: Who are you? Who do you think you are, Job? Have you been there? Have you seen this? Have you done that? No, I did. Not you. Who are you? Who do you think of yourself? (coughs) <coughs> where was thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare, if thou hast understanding, Job, where were you? When I created the universe, when I laid the foundation of the earth, when the morning stars. Who are they? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. That's a parallelism. Parallelism is two sentences parallelized, saying almost the same thing. So, again, when the morning stars sang together and the same angels. And all the sons of God shout for joy. So the morning stars are the angels, and the sons of God are the angels as well. And they sing, they sing and shout for joy. Did you hear that? And all. And all the sons of God shouted for joy. Then the Lord made the heavens and the earth on the first day. The morning stars were shouting. The sons of men were singing together. And that's, that's many. That is, I would say, a number that we cannot number. Or Revelation 5, verse 11. And I beheld, and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beast and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. How much is that? 10,000 times 10,000? That's 100 million. And on top of that and thousands of thousands, it's even more. 100, 100 million angels in Revelation 5. I would not be surprised if so many were also present here. So many. Is that not overdoing it? Is it not making too much of a celebration of the birth of the Lord Jesus? Do you need so many angels singing? Is, that, is, it, is it that important? Yes, it proves us that this is the hinge in the Bible, that this is super important. We cannot overestimate the importance of it. And suddenly there was with the angel, with Gabriel, with the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God. It does not say singing, but say praising God <coughs> and saying glory to God in the highest. They're praising him, exalting him, speaking well of him, glorifying the Lord, and singing, does it say singing, speaking to his honor. And on earth, peace. Goodwill to men. We usually translate that a little different. We usually say this means peace on earth and goodwill to men. Well, it writes better, peace on the people of his goodwill. Peace on the people of his goodwill. Not only goodwill to people, A special people the Lord has his favor on. And many, even modern translations, support that. Because that's what it says. So, were they better than others are? Those people of God's goodwill? No, not at all. But they were loved by the Lord from eternity. And the people that by God's grace would repent and believe is the people of his good pleasure. His good pleasure, he likes them, he loves them, and he makes peace with them. We are no peacemakers. We are not the first ones to make peace with God either. We hear about peace, we say, I like that peace. We not, we say, yes, I like that peace. But Are we busy with that? Are you busy with receiving peace with God? Yes or no? Do you want peace with God? Of course you say yes. But if you say yes, and we don't see it in your life, you're seeking peace, if you don't see see it, you're a liar. You don't know what you're saying. You say, I like peace with God. You just live so calmly, so unconcerned, it doesn't match. It doesn't work. It's not true. If you're not busy with that, then you don't seek peace. It's so simple This: You don't seek peace if you're not with that. If someone says, I'm so motivated to have good marks in school, that you never do your homework and you just don't care, that you don't care, that you don't want the best marks, that is not matching up. And so when you say, I like peace, but you don't seek peace, then you deep down don't want peace. You're not interested in the peace. But he is a God of peace. And the angel preaches peace, peace to the people of his good pleasure. They will receive that peace. They will also receive that faith in him. Some say that the morning stars, before the at, the at the foundation of the world, sang, and the angels in Revelation 15 at the recreation sang, and in the meantime they only speak. That's what some explain. They, they started singing in paradise before paradise even. And they're singing in new paradise. And in between there is only speaking. I'm not so sure if that's the case. But the question is, will we sing with them? Will, will we sing together with them on time? If you may go to heaven, you may join that heavenly host. If you may be one of God's people to get with all those one hundred million plus angels and then glorifying God. That's the question. Do you want that peace? To have the peace with God. And the peace in His presence. What type of thing is that? What type of glorifying God is that? With so much deep respect. With so much ardent love, right? With so much real adoration. With such a heavenly joy. With such a real (coughs) humility and perfection. Revelation 15. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God. And the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty, just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. See? If it is seen now, we don't know. But they have been seen and they will be seen around the throne with all the angels and all God's people singing and shouting for joy and glorifying God for sure is the main part of the worship service. We really want to sing in church. You can't miss that. That's essential to that worship service. I know the acoustics of this building is not the best. I know the best. That's right. But if I would sing, If I would sing a little louder, with more passion, when you think of the words, you think of every word that you sing. The Lord is my shepherd, my shepherd, I shall not want. If you just sing every word with intent, every purpose, and just think about it. That's also worshiping God. You you should not wonder, just sing it without any, without knowing what you sing. Sing the words, sing it with purpose. Seeing it worth understanding it, at least trying to. And the shepherds found the child. Our third thought. <coughs> the angels did not stay, went back to heaven. All those 100 million plus angels disappeared again. And also, Gabriel was not to be seen anymore. The shepherds need more than listening to this sermon and listening to this choir performance. After the angels have left, they come, so to speak, to their senses. And they start talking, like, let us let's now go, let's go, even to Bethlehem and see. So they heard it, and now they're together and they talk about that and say, we want to go. We really want to go, we really want to see him, the Savior, the Christ, the one born, the Messiah. We need to see him. They make up their mind. Uh, it's, it's on their hearts. We need to go. So they have also, they've, they've heard the sermon, that they have they, they also decided to go and to seek him. And they didn't only talk like that, kind of, let's go, let's go. They also went. Some people say, I'm seeking the Lord. I want to seek him, but they don't seek. They say, we should go, but they don't go. No, the the shepherds say, we should go, and they went with haste. Such a drive, such a longing, such a heartfelt desire to see him. (coughs) Do we flee to the manger? You say, there is no manger anymore. We have no manger. Well, the Bible is the manger. The Bible is God's manger. And the Lord Jesus is in that manger. He's in that Bible on every page. So talk is easy. But do we make haste? Do we really examine, read the Scripture and tell you the Word of God in order to find the Lord Jesus. And if the Bible is not important enough for you, if you just read a lot of a few pieces a day, without trying to even understand it, if you don't open it prayerfully, that means that you despise the child. You don't want to find the child. Just, therefore, you leave the Bible closed. Then the Lord works and the Lord begins to work salvation in the heart of a sinner. Because there comes a need, right? A need, not only an emptiness, also a need to find someone who saves me because I cannot save myself. You may try it. It doesn't work. The power of sin, the guilt of sin, you cannot erase it. You cannot change it. You're such a hopeless <coughs> person. And then you hear about the Lord Jesus being in the manger. Could you keep that Bible closed then? No, you can't. You open that Bible say, Lord, may I find him. I want to find the Savior for myself. Do we urgently seek him? The shepherds believed the angel and they went. You say if someone will be raised from the dead. If an angel appeared to me, I would believe it. But this Bible, this the book, who tells me it is right? Who tells me it's, it, it is divine? Who tells me it is inspired by the Holy Spirit? I, I, I need something else. I need something more. An angel or someone being raised from the dead or a miracle or something. And then I can believe it. Well, Do you remember the parable, if it is a parable, of Lazarus and the rich man? Lazarus at the gate and the dogs licking his sores and wounds. And the rich man in his mansion, the rich man died and went to hell. And there he was able, so to speak, to talk to God and to talk to Abraham. And he said, Father Abraham, if one went unto them from the dead, my brothers and sisters on earth, if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And Abraham said to him, if they hear not Moses... If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded that one rose from the dead. So some would rise from the dead, it would not help people. It would not bring, bring any conversion. But the Bible itself is more important, more convincing, more proof of God and the Savior than someone experiencing a miracle or someone meeting someone who's raised from the dead. The Bible is such a powerful book, a power of God unto salvation. You need to read that Bible. Don't, don't ask for extraordinary things. The Bible is more powerful than that. You don't need extraordinary things. They found the child. They heard. They, make it, they made up their mind. They went and they found. Or can you imagine to see him for real with your natural eyes? They saw him with their natural eyes, right? Like Syrian also saw him in his with his physical eyes. Like the two men of Emmaus saw him in with their Physical eyes, but also with their spiritual eyes. Their seeing was a seeing with their natural eyes, but also in faith. So those shepherds saw him literally in his human body, in his real human body, but also believed in him. That's the point. Have you found him? And looked upon him in a true faith. That's the point. He's in the Bible. And he reveals himself in the Bible sufficiently. But our eyes are so closed. We need to see him. Our spiritual eyes are so closed for the Savior. So we need to ask for the opening of our eyes. And and realize that we keep our eyes closed and the Lord can only open them. But We can close them. We can keep them closed. <coughs> and we do, unless the Lord opens them. So have you found him and looked into faith? Were you led to the manger? And did you trust in him? Did you come with your sins? Was he made precious? Was there a joy in your heart? Did you receive peace within? Overwhelming peace, the Lord being so close to you. So today we hear good tidings of great joy. Don't you desire that joy? It is a God honoring joy. Nothing honors God more than what? Than people rejoicing in Him. It's the greatest glory to God. If you don't if people only want to serve Him as their duty, that's not very glorifying. If people serve Him as they, they have to, or they feel forced to do that, they should do it, and that's the only motivation that is not very honoring to them. But If they like it, if they like to rejoice in God, if there's nothing better than rejoicing in Him, because He's so worthy, worthy as the Lamb, that is God glorifying. Have you Ever rejoiced in God. Shepherds found the child. And then finally, shepherds returned. Carregation, we don't know for how long the shepherds stayed there and looked and talked to Joseph and we don't know. Maybe a few hours, maybe days. But they had to go home again. They had to go to the flocks, to the wives if they were married. The families, when they had seen it, they made known the saying which was told them concerning this child. When they went home, they talked to people. At home, the friends, the neighbors, the people they met on the street, they had to talk about it. They had to witness about it. They could not keep their mouth closed. They were so excited, so joyful, so touched in their hearts. And if people are Touched and spoken to by the Lord, don't talk about it? Can they keep that to themselves? That is not a good sign. They've seen a child and returned. They said we did not stay. It's a time for everything. Being converted does not mean that you only read the Bible and pray. The Lord stops a person and gives new life. And that's not the only thing you do. You have to work as well. We are on earth. We are not in heaven. The people in Thessalonica fell in the trap. They hardly did anything anymore. They said, The Lord Jesus is coming back. So why should we go to work? And they just were idle and they're staying at home and they're talking about spiritual things and going to church, reading the Bible and praying. That's all they did. And Paul says, no, study to be quiet and to do your own business and to work with your own hands as we have commanded you, 1 Thessalonians 4, that ye may walk honestly towards them that are without, and that ye may have lack of nothing. You have to work with your own hands to continue to be quiet and to do your own business. It's hard. Like after a funeral, life continues. After having attended the Lord's Supper, life continues. After being thirsty in your heart by the Lord himself, life continues. So the shepherds left the manger and quietly they went home and kept all things for themselves. No, they didn't. They met people and witnessed. They couldn't be silent. They were not ashamed of it, not ashamed of the gospel. Like the Apostle Paul writes in Romans 1, verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, but it is the power of God and to salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. I'm not ashamed, I have to talk about it. He did. To, Tim- to Timothy 1 Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner. Are we ashamed? That's not a good sign. The Lord Jesus entered into Jerusalem the last time. And people took branches from the, from the trees and made the, put their coats on the street and say, Hosanna, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. And the Pharisees heard that, and the Pharisees said, they should keep their mouth closed. And reprimanded rep- 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 the Lord Jesus. And some of the Pharisees from among the multitudes said unto him, "Master, rebuke thy disciples, rebuke them." And he answered and said unto them, I tell you that if they should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. They have to talk about those things, otherwise they will burst. That's a serious matter. Serious also in this sense. Matthew 10. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men. Him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. Some people regarding the Lord's Supper, for example, say, I don't need to attend. I can convert anyway. I don't need to do that. Nobody nobody's business. This is private. I don't need to talk about those things. I just keep it to myself. Well, how do you defend that? How do you tell the Lord, Lord? Matthew 10, verse 32 and 33, don't apply to me. I can't let it go. I don't need to do that. Denying him before men. If you know something of his grace, you don't attend the Lord's supper table. If you can, if you may, you don't do it. That's denying the Master. So the shepherds went back home and spoke about those things. So I would say, talk about those things as well. There is something to talk about. When the Lord opens your heart, speak to your husband, speak to your wife, speak to your children, speak to your parents, speak to your, to, 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 to your friends. Speak about those things. There is something. Don't keep it to yourself. The shepherds heard it. The shepherds talked about it. The shepherds decided on it. The disciples, the, 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 the shepherds went to the, to, the, to the manger. They found the child. They looked at him, and they returned again. What a story. One day, God's people will meet those shepherds and join also the choirs of the heavenly host. Seek him and live. Amen.